Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Hi, everybody. Welcome. This is Cheryl, and I'm glad you all came to the writing workshop today. Today is a special day because we have a guest with us, the artist Bazin. Um, but first, I'm going to let our host talk to you about raising hands, and we're, we're going to hold off, though, until we get uh, halfway through. So um, do you want to share that now? And then if we need to regroup, we, you know, say it again later, we can, Brandon? Yeah, I can do that. Okay. Um, sure. So to raise your hand on the PC, it's going to be Alt-Y. On the Mac, it's going to be Command-Shift-Y. If you're on your iPhone or iOS device or Android device, it's going to be in the More under the, on the lower right-hand corner. And to do it on the um, landline, it's going to be stars, er, Star 9. Nine. Star 9. Yep. Yep. And to mute and unmute, that's going to be Alt-A on the PC, Command-Shift-A on the Mac. Um, and the, in the bit, bit, mute button on the lower left-hand corner of the screen if you're on an iOS device, and star six if you're on the phone. And I'm sorry, it's options Y if you're on a Mac for raising and lowering your hand. Okay, thank you. We'll get we'll get this party going then. Hi, artists. Hello there. Hi. Thanks for being here. Um, I am. Uh, going to let you talk about yourself um, and uh, let people know about who you are. We want to know who is Artist Bazin and and what you do about your company. And so uh, I would, uh, would you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself before we get started? Sure. Thanks. Um, and it is pronounced Bazin, but oh, uh, a lot sorry of people about say, no problem, <laughs> screen readers say Bazin, so... <laughs> That's right. That's what I got it from. So thank you. Okay. <laughs> no problem. Okay. I'm not sure how much you want to know about me, but I grew up in Iowa, in Northwest Iowa, close to the South Dakota, Minnesota border. And I was sighted. I was born and raised on the farm. So a small community, small school. When I was 20, I was involved in a car accident, and at the time, I had an old car, so it did not have seat belts. So I like to use that story to tell kids about the importance of wearing seat belts. I used to wear glasses, and so I went flying, and they're not sure if I hit the rearview mirror or the, or if my glasses just uh, slammed into the the front of the car. Anyway, I woke up four days later and I could not see. I was in a um, coma for four days. So it was uh, a big change in my life. I was very fortunate. I had very supportive parents and family and a strong faith in God. So I went forward like, hey, I can handle this. Uh, part of the thing that helped me deal with the change in my life was the fact that my youngest sister had been killed in a car accident just six oh. months earlier. So I knew it was very upsetting for my parents. Hmm. So I think the reason I adapted so easily without the normal slump for months or years 
after losing my sight was because I was more concerned about them. I mm. wanted to show them that I was going to be okay. So don't worry about me, mom and dad. Mm. So that's kind of the beginning. So I'm not sure how much uh, farther you want me to tell about okay. myself. I think, well, I think that's, you know, a good start. And that's something more than what I've known. So thank you. And that's where we'll start then. I, I wanted to know, well, um, because people want to hear about you. So we're going to, uh, first thing is, um, what came first, your books or your business? I knew you well, let's let me ask you this first. When you went to college, you got a teaching degree. Had you planned on teaching or had you thought about already going into business? What came first? Actually, I had been in the Randolph Shepherd program for many years. And while I was in the Randolph Shepherd program, I did some training of blind people to help them to get into the program. I was on the state committee of blind vendors and worked um, hard to make sure the training program was good. And uh, after training blind people, I decided that it was helpful to have people have good writing skills to make sure they could keep good track of their inventory, et cetera. So that I kind of started writing and training while I was in that business. But then I decided I liked the uh, writing and training and speaking. I'd also been doing speaking on the side, uh, talking about, you know, challenges and working through challenges in your life. So I decided to go to college then. And uh, that my husband at the time was having uh, several disabilities. He had quite a few strokes and he was no longer able to work with me. And he had been the person that did a lot of the fixing and repairing. And that part of the business, I really didn't care about. I liked the management side. So that was kind of the main reason I went back to school and ended up getting my master's. Because I wanted to be able to do a training and speaking and writing and get money for it. <laughs> Right. <laughs> instead of instead of basically doing it for you know to cover expenses in that mm-hmm. kind of so yeah. that was yeah. kind of the first step. And then mm-hmm. once I got my degree, I decided to start this new business and uh, resign my position in the food service uh, location I was at at the time and started Days and Communications. Oh. So I started that in 1999, and I started my first book in 2000, and uh, completed my first two in 2002. I noticed one of the questions was how long. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and what was your first? And what was the title? And what was your? What was the? What are the titles of your first two books? Okay, building blocks to success. Does the image of your church attract members? And the other one was building blocks to success. Does the image of your organization attract members? Excellent. And then three years later, I came out with my third book, which was building blocks to success. Does the image of your business attract customers and motivate employees? And how did you publish these books? I self-published. Mm-hmm. I had looked. I had looked into 
uh, putting proposals out to yeah. different uh, companies. Mm-hmm. But I was told immediately that these were niche books. Mm-hmm. And generally, your big publishers, they want books that are going to splash and make mm-hmm. a lot of sales. And when there are niche books, you have a harder time mm-hmm. uh, selling them to a you know wider audience. So mm-hmm. you're better off to sell them. So I used them like when I was speaking to different groups. Mm-hmm. I would sell them when I was out speaking. And of course, mm-hmm. I have all my books on my website. So people can check them out and choose the format, et cetera, whatever they like. And so most of the time I've, that's how I've sold most of my books. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. And I, I like the word, I like indie publishing better than self-publishing. That's, I've learned to use that because, you know, it's just got a different, uh, um, it's more, it's interesting how the, the publishing has changed so just in the past since I started, you know, publishing my books and um, the, the uh, attitude towards it, the, how people, how the, they're, they're meshing together with the bigger publishing company and some of the bigger publishing companies have their own STEM branch of of the indie publishing. And so, um, yeah, I, I think it's great. I looked at your site and saw you have something that are in PDF form or something, something like that. Right. Or, you could, or maybe those are some of your papers people can buy your, um, your articles. I'm not sure. Did I see something, how you can buy things on your site? What kind of formats yeah, are they in? Uh, I have a large print, um, and you can get them on a CD and you can get them on a thumb drive and, I generally put them in Word, but if people want them in PDF, they can have them in PDF. The um, advantage of putting them in PDF is it's harder for people to copy them. Although it's, you know, it's uh, if people want to be that way, they can be. But uh, um, it's uh, you know, it is what it is. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And do you do you do you only sell them on your site or do you have them other places where people can find them? Well, originally, well, my first two, they were uh, just on my site. Mm -hmm. On my third one for business, that one you could also get on the publisher's site. And um, um, I don't know if it's still available on the publisher's site. It was up until a couple of years ago. But I'm not sure if it still is or not because I don't see any royalties. But that could be because it was, you know, published, you know, quite a while. And who ago. is, yeah, yeah, which publisher did you use for that? Exlibris. Okay, I'm not familiar with that. I do know that um, I originally, my ebooks were on with Macmillan, and their branch was they closed their branch a couple of years ago, and actually it's working out beneficially because I'm. I'll do revisions and repu- republish my first right, three books. Right. You know, yeah. I've learned a lot about all that too. So yeah, these things happen even with some of the big, big companies, the big publishing companies. Um, yeah, my first yeah. two I did with Adams Press in Chicago. So uh-huh. it's and it's it definitely has changed, and I think mm-hmm. two more and more people just publish them directly, like um, yeah. they publish them right on Amazon. Right. Uh, or other sites directly without even going through a, a publisher. There's yeah. so many ways. I know I need to revise my my first three books because 
there's some things, you know, obviously that have changed, especially social media and that kind of thing, which really right. wasn't uh, too much around at that particular time. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. I mean, just even going through mine, uh, different revisions and the things that have changed and, uh, you know, so it's been enlightening. And I also see how I have changed. Have you noticed how you have changed as a writer, as an author over the years compared to when you first started? Oh, definitely. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Even your style changes a little bit because yeah, as you yeah. learn more things, you think, oh, I could phrase that differently or I could... Yeah. 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 And what do you what do you find most challenging as an author, as a you know, uh, you know, as an author, as a businesswoman, owner, and you know, with your family or with your personal life? I mean, prior, you know, we could do prior to to COVID, and then after, because <laughs> of course now things have totally changed. But um, and I know you've adapted to that too, which I'm looking forward to getting into. But yeah, what do you what you know, so this is a general question, How, whichever way you wanted to answer it, <laughs> your challenges. Oh, the, the biggest challenge for me always has been time. Mm. Because, I, quite honestly, I do too much volunteering. Mm. And I'm, I volunteer for my church. I volunteer for several nonprofits, not just ACB. And that takes a lot of time as well as, you know, families. So uh, between all of them, I really have to pace myself when I'm writing because it's real easy to to put that off. Just say, oh, I can work on that tomorrow. Oh, I can work on that. The current book I'm working on is about myself and I've been meaning to get it out for uh, a few years. And, And of course... One of the other problems when you're writing about yourself is mm-hmm. you constantly think of other things. Mm-hmm. And I know I, I was listening to a good speaker on writing, and they said, you have to just come to a point and say, hey, this is enough revisions. Stop. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. When you're writing a memoir then type, right? And they're saying. That's correct. Yeah, That's yes, correct. yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It comes to that point where. Uh, yeah, you get to that point where, okay, oh, okay. well, you can always have an addendum later or a revision. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> we'll just add, oh, here's the addendum to the other one or a revision. Or, or, or it even sounds better when you say this is the second edition or the third edition, you know, like how, you know, so there's always more to be added, right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, and do you find, this- go ahead. It's hard to decide what you think people would really be interested in. I mean, you don't want to make it too many of the struggles, so it's a downer book, but you don't want to make it so positive that people think, oh, well, I guess it's not such a big deal to be blind. You know what I mean? It's uh, And and I've I've had several other challenges in my life, and so I, I want to cover the challenges enough and how I work through the challenges so that people get a positive thought process going when they have struggles. So it's it's real hard to, you know, just have the just the right amount. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And, and do you find, uh, what kind of adaptive technology do you use? Do you find some one works better than the other for you or, like uh, I'm talking about your technology combined with your editing and formatting styles. 
Do you, what do you use? Okay, I use both Braille and speech. When I'm mm-hmm. working on my computer, I use speech. Mm-hmm. And a speech is faster if you want to oh, cut out a bunch of different things or if you want to move things around. I find that easier with speech. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if I'm doing editing and I want to check out to make sure that you know punctuation is always correct sometimes it's easy to miss something in speech so then i have a braille sense so i put it on my braille sense the only downside to switching back and forth is you get brailleos in it because you're working from braille and then going back to print so you have all the shortcuts in braille so it's then you have to you know, fix all those because it comes out wrong in spelling, of course, in the oh, print. So. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And so, so then you have, you don't use your, you have no vision to use then on your, with your computer when you're formatting. You don't have any, do you have any, I don't know what your vision level is. Oh, if no. you're able to, Yeah. Okay. No, I All have right. no vision. No vision. Oh, whatsoever. okay. See, I thought because you were part of the, um, you're president of the entrepreneurs, the low vision entrepreneurs. That's why I think I thought you had some. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. It's, right. Okay. Yeah. The independent visually impaired entrepreneurs. Right. 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 Okay. All right. I know it's such a vast uh, title that visually impaired, right? It covers a lot. <laughs> so no, that's, that's right. That's right. Yeah, well, I you know, that's, that's not but, to scare, not to scare people that are losing yes. their sight. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I think it's good. I'm glad we talked about it because there might be people who are totally, you know, totally blind and don't know, don't know that that when they say visually impaired, that that means that you're part of it, just like, you know what I mean? Like how we can have these misconceptions of what, what's included there. So, um, yeah, I, I, I still think in, in, it can be confusing in our community sometimes as well. So that's why I'm glad. We oh, definitely. It. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. In fact, all the officers currently in Ivy are all totally blind. Okay. All right. <laughs> Thank you. See, I'm glad I brought, uh, yes, because I, I did not know. I did not. I didn't know. I did not know that. So thank you. And what would you suggest then for, as an, let's say for the aspiring author, you know, because you do so much in your business, but as an aspiring author, is there, are there things that you would recommend to, uh, to our community and, or to, and to fully sighted people? Um, because really, I mean, we use, we may not be able to see and we have to use adaptive technology, but we're all writers and we all may write differently. We may use different technology to do so, but we're all aspiring writers, whether you've published or not, we're all aspiring writers so or authors. So what, what kind of advice do you, might you have for people? First of all, write every day. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a story or a piece that you plan on publishing, but write every day. You could even just do a journal every day, write about the happenings Mm -hmm. of the day. Or you could just uh, write things that you're interested in. Now, I'm constantly writing because I also edit a quarterly newsletter for the Randall Shepard Vendors of America. And so I'm always writing. It's either editing an article somebody else has sent in or writing something to add to the vendor scope. And if you volunteer to take notes for groups, like volunteer to be a secretary or 
et cetera, that just keeps gaining your writing skills by anything you do as you write. Mm -hmm. So I always encourage people just to keep on doing it because the more writing you do, the better you get, the better Mm -hmm. you get at the grammar, the better you get at punctuation. Read a lot. Uh, I I read a lot. I read at least two or three books every week. And it doesn't have to be a nonfiction book. It can be fiction because the more you hear about descriptions, you hear about people talking, the more you read, it gives you lots of ideas on your own writing and um, and will help you be a better speller, be a better writer all the way around. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and um, so that kind of brings me into your, about your podcast, because I liked uh, whether it was you, something you wrote I'm trying to remember if it what you wrote or you, yeah, I think it was like an intro to your, something with your podcast about you introduced them and about how you did better, um, how you got better as you went along. How You would know exactly what that introduction is. And, and uh, can you tell us about your podcast? Because I'm excited to share with people that you have a podcast and you started that. And uh, um, I think Brandon, I think we need to mute the line. Other, you know, what, see if anybody's unmuted. So, thank you. Check and see if somebody's unmuted. Thank you. Okay. All right. So, do you um, want to tell us about your podcast? Thank you. The, um, I don't do a regular uh, podcast, but I do record from time to time different things that I've done. And I've done a lot of different interviews and with different people. And I've also done recordings of some of my speeches. And I like to have most of those posted on my website so that people can get them. I think it's important to do recordings of some of your work if you can. Now, I'm not a real fast Braille reader, so I tend to prefer to tell stories. And then if I'm working with people on projects, then I'll follow up with uh, sending them, you know, written things that they can read. In fact, right now I'm working on putting together some uh, couple of courses to help people with their business and trying to figure out the best way to do those. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And for people who want to, uh, because when you started your business, it took you, I mean, you had already been doing a lot of volunteer getting paid just to cover expenses. I mean, many of us know about that. And so if someone wanted to start that process do you have recommendations on that again you know i'm thinking you started with volunteering and being involved with some a group or groups right is that how you started some of this right right when mm-hmm. when i was when i was in the vending business and doing that then on the side i was doing speaking and my first uh, group that i did a lot of speaking for was the christian women's um a group and um, it was a, it's a national group now they've changed their name to women's connection and so I did speaking for uh, that organization both during their Christian women's clubs during the day and then their after fives in the evening 
And basically, they're just telling my story and how much my faith helped me to adapt and to um, help me along with struggles in my life. And I did that for about 15 years. So, um, and I was still doing that when I went back to college. But I did really enjoy uh, being able to help people. And so that was kind of how I got into it. And then I made it into a business just because once you uh, start doing it and make it a business, you make it more that, oh, hey, I want this to move forward because otherwise you're just doing it. It's more of a hobby. But then when you decide to make it a business, then you're saying, hey, I want to be serious about this. And I would say for anyone starting a business, uh, writing a business plan is very important. Yes. Because then you're looking at every aspect from the mission to the marketing to the finances to how you're going to get the business accomplished and then evaluating your business, going through all those steps. And I think that's really important for people to go through that process because then it helps you to know where you're going to go. And the Small Business Association, the spa.gov site, has uh, a business plan template that you can use for that. And if anyone would like, I can send them a list of questions that they need to think about when they're starting a business plan. I'd be glad to share that with anyone that wants to start a business. So I think that's always the first step. Yeah, thank you. And because the small business association, what's great too is they, I mean, they will help you for free. You know, that's a free service. They're, they're volunteering their time to help, help you help us to, to, to go, go through a business plan to help you guide you so that you're not all of a sudden stuck with just the, the format and sitting there spinning, you know, all of a sudden like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, what do I do with this? There are people who will help and guide you along the way in your in and they'll yes. do it if they can in your area. I mean right now it it's going to be virtually but I I know for myself I had someone actually come to my home and sit with me and and uh, it, it worked really well. It was very helpful for me. Yes. Well, the other the other benefit too is mm-hmm. um every larger community has a community development center which is right. part of the small business association and those um development centers can also help you get uh, grants and loans, and a lot of uh, different larger cities and some states have uh, loan offerings or grants for, and some of them are particular to people with disability. Some of them are particular to women. Uh, some of them are for minorities. So they have those kind of offerings too. So if you do need a, a little money to start up, or like to develop a website or or yeah. to write a business proposal, et cetera, then they can sometimes do that too. But the free services are really helpful. I worked with yeah. somebody on my marketing plan when I moved out mm-hmm. to California, mm-hmm. and they were really helpful. And I was mm-hmm. able to get a grant, uh, mm-hmm. and they helped me write you know, the business plan for that grant. So yeah. it, it is very beneficial. Yeah, what they did for me too, what I what was extremely helpful, um, that because the person my my counselor went with me then from the SBA when I went for funding and they so that if someone asked me a question, 
she could get to it a lot quicker than I could because she had the paperwork right in front of me. So I did a lot of the verbal answering, but if we needed statistics to refer to some kind of uh, something in the uh, financial part or, or looking forward, whatever those statistics were able to be, were, even though the, everyone at the table had a copy of this, she could go and reference it very quickly for me because, you know, which is easier when, I could, you could, they could throw me questions and I was able to answer them, but she was able to tell them to turn to page such and such. And here's this, it's spelled out for them. So that, that helped me. And it, and it also helped my confidence when I went to presenting my business plan to these funding, uh, this funding group. So, yeah, yeah. We all need, we all need those uh, people to help us with different aspects of our business. It's good to have mentors. As yes. well, yeah. if we know yeah. people that are doing it, that we can ask questions and get to where we're going. Yeah, we need and we need our A list of people, the people who are going to encourage us and boost us and help move us forward. Because there's always there are people and the people could be very close to us who are going to play devil's advocate or or <laughs> because they're fearful or whatever, that they're not the uh, that personality so that. I know myself, what I had to learn very, very quickly is that my husband was not my girlfriend and that he supported me in many ways, but there was sometimes, I mean, he just, I couldn't go to him for certain things and, and maybe not in business, whatever. And so we can share things and I, and he's an encouraging person, but for the first, there's, uh, I think without going into, I'm explaining myself, I hope I'm explaining myself that there's just certain people that I uh, can go to and other people, like maybe one sibling I could go to the other sibling. No, but, uh, or maybe none, none of my family, my it's outside people. So we need to find as much as people want to, you might want to go to that person that's very close to us. If that person just, they, they can't think outside the box. They can't visualize. They may want to just, they don't want to discourage, but it comes out as a discouragement because, they're thinking, oh my gosh, how's this going to work? So finding other people that will help encourage us uh, as well. Definitely, yeah. definitely. Yeah. And uh, one of the things I do for my business coaching is I coach people in setting goals, priorities. Yes. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I always say is when they've set a goal, okay, what's going to stop you from accomplishing this goal? Because it might be family members or it might be um, money. It could be different things. And if you stop and think about what's going to keep you from reaching it, it'll help you think that through so you will have less likelihood of that affecting you. Right. Thanks. Okay. So I think we're now, we'll open it up for some Q&A and see if anyone would have some questions, um, please raise your hand. And we have a tag team that's going to work to uh, call on you. Brandon and Greg? Oh, yeah. And again, to, to, uh, to raise hands, it's Alt-Y on the PC, Options-Y on the Mac, and under the More button on the phone, um, on the lower right-hand corner, you'll see a thing that says Raise Hand, and it's star nine on uh, your telephone. Okay. 
So do we don't have any raised hands yet, I take we it. No. Not, no. Oh, okay. All right. Do you guys have any <laughs> questions you'd like to ask? I'll ask my tag team here. I, I actually do. So mm-hmm. I'm just curious, Artis, uh, your experience with e-publishing, what, uh, because I'm, I'm working on a book, slowly working on a book. I'm, I'm like you, I'm a busy person volunteering and I tend to spend a lot of my time doing that and I should probably spend more time writing. But my question is simply this, what do you, what are the um, advantages and maybe disadvantages of, uh, indie publishing, as Cheryl calls it, or um, self-publishing, what have you found? And specifically, I guess I'd like to ask about the marketing aspect, because I know when you have a publisher, they'll kind of help you market the book and things like that. So um, what do you see as some of the advantages and disadvantages? Okay. Well, probably the largest disadvantage of doing the indie publishing route is you don't get a big sum of money up front. And not all and not, not all publishers will give you a large sum up front either. They tend to give more money up front if you've been one of their customers in the past and they've sold a book uh, from you before and it's been good, well, then they'll give you a bigger slice at the beginning. When you're doing indie publishing, obviously, you don't make anything until it's out there. The biggest advantage of it, of course, you can get it out there much quicker. Once you're done with the writing process, then you get it printed, get it online, and you can start marketing it immediately. Now, both types of publishers will help you with marketing. And a lot of times they'll charge you for any help they do with the marketing. Some of the uh, big line publishers will do more marketing for free, but if if you want them to do a lot of marketing, you'll still have to pay for some of it. And any marketing that you do yourself, of course, you have to cover those expenses. So, and I... I don't know. My publishers, I didn't feel did much marketing for me. Even when I paid them for to do like uh, e-blasts and I, for my first two books, I got, oh, like um, little cards I could give out to people. And I didn't feel that their, the things that they did for marketing did as much as my own marketing when I went out and about and spoke to people and uh, gave a sample book or whatever to a group. Uh, That was more beneficial to me to get more sales than uh, having them um, do the, the marketing. So... Thank you, because that's something I've, I've looked into. It's like, okay, there's, um, there's publishers that I think will help you more with that. But that's interesting that you said even if you indie publish or self-publish that you can have help, some help with the marketing. So thank you very much. Yeah, And some of yeah, them I... also have a lot of websites. There's a lot mm-hmm. of websites out there, too, with lots of tips and tricks for mm-hmm. marketing. So you can get lots of advice from a lot of people. 
Yeah, and Amazon, they will, um, I know, I learned a lot from the last author I've talked to, which I didn't know, and this is what works with my uh, my re- re- revising my first three books, is putting them out, put one out, and then thir- have the other one come out 30 days later, but having people pre-ordering. So even if you're doing your first book, I'm not sure about the pre-ordering, but that gets that buzz, you know, going around, around about it. And then uh, having a... Uh, the Facebook author page, I find it's very inexpensive to boost the post on Facebook and the amount of people it reaches. And now they'll link it into uh, Instagram. And that's another way of getting your name out there and then have it driving them. And with your author page, you can have a PayPal right there on the Facebook page to so that you can sell right from that there as well. And and then, of course, with Amazon, if even if it's on Amazon, you know, whichever way you go, um, I know I was just reading about, I can't remember what it was, but another way of getting it out there on, I think Apple Books might even, maybe it was a way of putting it up on Apple and then they send it over to Amazon, but they're linking together more now. And there's a company also called Digital Book World, and I, with them, the more you help promote other people, you know, just sharing things on Twitter, the more your books are going to be shared on Twitter or whatever platform you're on. So I, cause I've seen how that's grown over the years as well, just from when I first started. So there is a lot out there, but it's about being careful too, because people are ready to take your money. And then they don't do a whole lot. I put spent three thousand dollars right in the beginning for someone to market my book, and uh, yeah, that was a learning experience. <laughs> I've checked that up as I that was a uh, that was an expensive learning experience. It really didn't work for me. So yeah, there's different different options out there. Carol, just no, I had the you know, same issue. Yes, what I, I went. Uh, Greg, did you say something? You have about twenty minutes left. Just but, so you know. Okay. Thank you. I had, Thank you. I had the same issue. I I paid Ex Libris a couple times to do um, send out some e blasts, and then I mm-hmm. never saw anything anything from them. And you know yeah. they charge a few hundred dollars, you know, each yeah. time. So yeah. I learned quickly that that's not very helpful. <laughs> yeah, and learning uh, where where your genre is, what you want to talk about. Uh, on Twitter, I learned to. It's not easy as a you know with with technology, but right now I'm I'm getting back involved with a Twitter chat once a week. I'm limiting myself right now um, with other educators, teachers through you know around the world because there's people from different countries involved too. So this particular one, um, I had I was sending my tweets out last night on using Twitter, and then I had TweetDeck that I was reading them from. And and I and so I'm I'm still working on what's going to work best with this, but it's some that was a way that I ended up getting speaking engagements throughout the country. That way, I stayed on the East Coast in the beginning because that's where we traveled most of the time. But I did a lot of virtual visits as well as virtual uh, talking with kids in in Australia and over in England. So. There's there's a vast there's ways that we can do it and now too I'm hoping by say by you uh, artists myself sharing we can give back to other people and and help them not scrape their knees as much as we did and and how things have progressed as well and it um, 
with our marketing and LinkedIn is another option. And, and I just want to share real quick what just recently happened with me with LinkedIn. I, um, I just spent a lot of, you know, $1,600 to have my website redone. And, um, we came to a little standstill, you know, over some of the issues. And, uh, she was a, uh, the girl is a, um, and she did, you know, pretty much good. But like we, I just talked to somebody from Wix and we were doing uh, some tidying up, you know, decluttering um, in her work. So it wasn't that she did it bad. But the, but I, sometimes you guys know it's hard to get a hold of somebody to, to talk to. They can send you through menus of the help center. So I went on LinkedIn and I, I got in touch with CEOs, CFOs, and I did find an accessibility person. One was in Israel, one was in Germany. It really didn't matter to me. I was just sending out emails to uh, messages. Can you help me? This is my situation. I cannot do it on, you know, with the technology and I need some assistance. Well, today I got a call from someone who's from Dublin. We talked a little this morning, got some things done, did a lot of great work, and then she'll call me tomorrow too because of the time difference but you know when we get to a standstill it's about stopping not reacting and for myself getting into a solution okay I'm banging my head against the wall I'm not going to argue with somebody who's not understanding and but I have I do have special needs I there are things I cannot do and that's why I hired someone to do this for me. So finding a way that will work and, and brainstorming with someone if you have to, but, you know, getting the assistance we need so that we can promote ourselves. Cause that's the goal to be out there promoting myself more and showing people so that they can go to my site and say, Oh, okay, this is what Cheryl does. Right. And I, I totally agree. And it is sometimes hard to find a good people to work with because some of them will be good at some aspects, but then as time changes, they aren't as good at doing that work. Right. I have two website designers. I have one for my uh, Squarespace website and one for my my just regular website because the one is um, an older site, so it's you know based all in HTML and it's not as good on mobile devices, and so that's why I decided to do the Squarespace one. But the other one has so much information and some of the Squarespace sites, you can't put as many, you know, recordings and all that kind of thing on it. So (laughs) it's hard to, uh, uh, it's hard to know when to listen to the different people because they have their ideas of what should be on a website, what shouldn't be on a website. And then you have to have people check it out once they put it up because I've had, you know, some web designers put something up and, then found out later that that part of the picture or part of the design was off the screen because they didn't bother to resize it. And I didn't know that until, you know, a sighted person said, hey, that looks a little funky. You should have that changed. Mm-hmm. So you do have to have uh, friends or family that are willing to look at things, too, that you've done and said, hey, does that look okay? Does that brochure look good? What should I change, et cetera? <laughs> yeah, because I just recently did that. I'm playing with iMovie. Um, I love these. Uh, I've been listening on, on, uh, with uh, Matt on Fridays and learning a lot about the different Apple, you know, product, Apple apps. And um, 
So then I tried iMovie. I tried clips, but that wasn't loading properly. So I went on to iMovie and I had to um, put in, you know, photos with music. And then I did some voiceover. It took me, oh God, I can only want to tell you how many tries because I didn't have a script in front of me. But then I sent it out to three, three friends to say, okay, what's this look like? How's it sound? And then I realized, well, the images needed to be more of a landscape image than they were portrait so they needed to be resized so that they would show up properly and you know things like that so rather than being excited say okay let's just post this I'm, uh, you know getting some and not and not just one person because there are different opinions and then figuring out okay what's going to be the best way to change this so yeah right right <clears throat> yeah mm-hmm. well and people okay. have different views on colors too <clears throat> like for brochures, you know, somebody uh, might think yes. it's too flashy and next person says it's perfect. <laughs> yeah, right, 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 right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm hoping like that people who are listening today are, are getting um, more about, you know, how we publish and how we do, you know, um, promote ourselves. Because even the people who are with the big publishers, if you're a first-time publisher, people may take a, a chance. But for the most part, if you look at a lot of the new new uh, authors with the big-time publishers, they're famous. They've got, already got a reputation. So it's not always easy to get you need to have a huge following um, already have a reputation built out there in order to get to a big publisher. I learned a lot, you know, I'm really grateful. The writer magazine is an excellent source and we, I'm very grateful that they allow the NLS to record that. Um, And, and how going to some conferences too, that I didn't realize, you know, editors, when you think about it, editors get manuscripts over their desks thousands and sometimes it's just a matter of throwing them up in the air when it gets down to the last hundred throwing them in the air pull one out of the air and boom oh okay this is the one we're going to publish <laughs> maybe that sounds drastic but really you know it made it enlightened me definitely they, yeah and they say that the if you get you get a lot of uh rejection but for me what kept me going is that i got the form letters, but they were personally handwritten. This is when I did my first book, when I actually, they came back in the the regular mail, handwritten cards, notes. There was five of them out of 55 manuscripts I sent out and handwritten notes on these papers or postcards to give me suggestions. And it kept me going. So that is where I was in the right direction, but it wasn't their genre. It wasn't what they were looking for. And just recently through email, having somebody not only send, didn't just send back a form letter. Instead, this one uh, publisher sent me back a personal letter explaining to me about, you know, them, how many books a year they publish and, and that this is really good, but it's just not where, where we're going right now, but don't give up and keep trying. And I think that's right. the thing people need to know. Keep, keep, keep on keeping on. That's right. That's right. And even if you don't ever get published by a big publisher, that doesn't mm-hmm. mean your writing isn't valuable. And there are people out there that are looking for your style. And it's important yeah. to tell people that you are writing. A lot of times mm-hmm. we don't want to, we don't, and I don't think it's a one thing. I think it's we don't think about it. We don't yeah. think about asking our family and friends to, hey, share the fact that um, right. I've written these books or share my website or share 
that Mm -hmm. I'm in this kind of business. We don't often ask friends and family to do that. And we really should be asking them to help us because that's how everyone gets along in today's world. It's by sharing information and so much is shared online that it's really beneficial if people are willing to do that for one another. Yeah. I'm sorry to yeah. interrupt you guys have about 10, 10 minutes 10? left. Yeah. Okay. Yep. 10 minutes. Of, uh, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. We have 10 minutes. That's good. Uh, and if anyone has questions, feel free to raise your hand. Yeah. Oh, you know what I did? I found a shirt, t- uh, a shirt that I wore to the gym. And it says, ask me about my book. (laughs) Because because I just couldn't, you know, it's like I didn't want to walk around with it, you know, saying I'm an author. But I just said, ask me about my book. And and it really opened up the conversation with a lot of people. I don't don't hardly ever wear it. But every once in a while, I might say, I'm just going to put this on for the heck of it. You know, so. (laughs) That's cute. That's a great idea. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, finding a way. I made up a couple of tote bags that I put my uh, some information on that I would carry sometimes. Maybe it has some of my book covers on it. Or finding ways that I can advertise when we're going out. It's it's like people who are in business. We need to be out there advertising. And so for myself, and and I can't see who's around me. I can't. I don't even know how many people in a room. Sometimes I had to learn ways to be creative to let people know what I'm doing without trying. I can't work a room like I did when I was sighted. <laughs> so yeah, finding different ways to be creative and marketing ourselves. I do have my slogan on some different things. I have a tote bag that I have making the impossible possible. And I have some thumb drives that also say that on them. And mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think it's good to kind of do that. It makes people ask questions. And it makes them think about you when you have little tidbits like that. So, but that T-shirt, that that's a really great idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had one that had some of my some illustrations from a kids' book on it, and just again finding different ways to put things out there that some might you know, somebody might ask me a question because I could be sitting right near someone and not realize someone's in that same you know, area where I'm sitting. Our, our gym is huge. And we even have a little sitting area by a fireplace. It's like going to a spa, the gym, it's 75,000 square feet. You know? So there's, I realized I could be sitting right there by the fireplace, hanging out with my dog and nobody. And I don't know if somebody sits down sometimes and, and it's really been helpful if I have it on my bag or have, and somebody might, you know, it'll spark a conversation. Um, well, of course the dog always does too, but, um, you know, right. that's what we need to do is being creative, being creative. Um, I'd like so, to share a little information. Uh, please do. Yes. Information? Okay. I would like that. That was my next thing. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, my two websites are artistbazin.com, which is more mobile friendly, and bazincommunications.com. And people mess up my name sometimes. Bazin is B A Z Y N. Um, so artist Basin is A-R-D-I-S Basin.com and then BasinCommunications.com. And my email address is uh, simple if you know those two things. It's just abazin at BasinCommunications.com. And I'm willing to talk to anybody about um, being an author 
or even uh, starting their own business. I do do business coaching. So consequently, I have had some people that call me several times and I try to limit it to two calls for free, um, a half hour uh, free you know, coaching. If people want to go in depth, obviously, then I have to charge. So I want to mm-hmm. say that right up front. <laughs> mm-hmm. Good, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then also I want to do a plug for Ivy, Independent Visually Impaired Entrepreneurs. It's a, we have a free email list that anyone uh, can join. And it's not a very busy list. But it's a place where people can share tips and tricks about uh, business and starting a business, et cetera. And it's a way where you could actually advertise because we put all of our members listing on our IV website, IVIE-ACB.org. And all the people are listed on there with their contact information, what type of business they have, so that people can find out about what other blind people have their own business and be able to learn more about them and purchase from them. So it helps us all out. Thank you. Yeah. And I can attest to it's not a busy list because I'm not inundated. Uh, I get emails once in a while from you or uh, however they come through, but it's not a busy list. And and I appreciate that too. And I've learned things when we you have some calls that have been on the community list and that's how you and I connected and how I originally met you. Right, right. We yeah. have a call once a month, the second Sunday of each month at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. So anyone can feel free to join that community call on the second Sunday of the month. Great. Thank you. And uh, of course, anyone can reach me on my website at CherylMcNeilFisher.com. And, and it's been great because I want to give back. I want to help anyone I can with, and just, I just finished a memoir when we were talking about memoirs real quick, because we're running out of time that how it was with the theme, but I had to, with the COVID, I had to cut it, get it done because she's 95 (laughs) and I didn't know she's in a nursing home and I couldn't see her. And I thought, oh my gosh, I have to have her book done. So there's always things that we can add later if we want to go back. And when I do the ebook, we will elaborate more. But it was a wonderful experience for me, learning about writing it through a theme. And, uh, you know, it's not real long, but it's powerful and makes you want to keep turning the pages and our family is thrilled with it. And everyone who's bought a copy, you know, I have pre-release copies. So it's been, been a great experience too. So I encourage people, um, to contact myself or artists and, and keep writing. You know, um, some of us write in our heads before we sit down and write, and some people write every day. So uh, just keep on doing what you're doing. You know? Definitely. And, yeah. And then on uh, November 20th, um, Trixie Silvertail will be a, a guest who will be sharing about her books. Uh, she has a several series. The one that I love is uh, the Mitzi Moon series and she's an Amazon a USA Today's author uh best-selling author and th- these people selling uh, that are indie authors on Amazon it's amazing and they're they're doing very well and they've learned how to do it and so hopefully we'll just all keep learning how to do it as well and also when you buy somebody something through Kindle Unlimited did you know that uh through Kindle Unlimited they get paid uh, by the pages you read. So let's read all their pages. 
<laughs> and read read all of our pages. <laughs> so anyway, thank you, artists. Thank you so much for joining us today, and and I appreciate it. And I look forward to our continued uh, relationship as well. So thank you, and and I want to thank David David for streaming and for Brandon and and Greg Triple G for being here and uh, <laughs> and helping us out as well. This has been really great. So thank you, everybody.